Blog Talk Radio. What's up, everyone? Welcome to another sizzling episode of the Inside Acting Radio Show. I'm your host from the coast, the man of the hour, filled with godly power, William Powell. Welcome to the show. Thanks for tuning in. Let me remind you that Inside Acting is brought to you by the column DC Actors Examiner, written by yours truly. To find it, go to Google and search DC Actors Examiner. We've got some really great guests coming up, including Baltimore-based actress Jace Nicole, who plays a hit woman in the dark comedy White Paper. And the week after that, on the 17th of October, we've got Monique Candelaria, who played in the series finale of Breaking Bad. She'll be joining us. Uh, she was also in the episode of Breaking Bad, uh, entitled Live Free or Die. Monique is based in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and in both episodes she played a waitress watching Walter White make the number 52 with bacon. Yes, indeed. Well, now, tonight we have joining us director and independent filmmaker Jeff Santo, the director of the biker film Dead and Five Heartbeats, based on a novel by Sonny Barger, who is a co-founder of the Hells Angels Motorcycle Club and who also appeared in the hit TV show Sons of Anarchy. So let me go ahead and bring Jeff on. Hello, Jeff. How you doing? Good. How you doing, William? Man, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for coming on the show. You got it. All right. Okay. Now, everybody's talking about this film, Dead of Five Heartbeats. I know there was a release party September 28th. How's the movie selling? Uh, it's, it's selling great. Uh, we had uh, we we started selling it online September 28th. Our pre-orders were well over 1,000, and uh, they keep coming in. And uh, we're also getting orders from from everywhere overseas, you know, Australia, Germany, Japan, Thailand. Yeah, it's it's, it's pretty amazing. That's good. That's fantastic. So talk a little bit about what the movie is about. Yeah, Sonny wrote a novel called Dead and Five Heartbeats, um, which basically takes place after his autobiography, uh, Hell's Angel, uh, which uh, really ends in in 97 when it came out and so he wrote two uh novels after that and based off of a character named Patrick Kincaid loosely based off of him but it continues his story in a way uh going out to Arizona uh kind of you know getting away from the from uh from California after kind of a family uh, tragedy and then is really brought back by uh, one of his club members gets uh gets murdered and uh there's about a to have a war break out between the clubs in California and uh, Patch Kincaid has always kind of been uh, the one to uh, step in and, 
and handle things for the MC and is, is called back to California to see if uh, either there's going to be peace or a war is going to break out. So it's really, mm. it's really a film about uh, about brotherhood and uh, you know uh, what it takes to, to to be an MC member. Wow, wow. So now, how did you meet Sonny Barger? I met Sonny through a friend of mine, uh, a, a director who wrote uh, wrote and directed the Boondock Saints, a very popular. Uh, I, I think it's uh, you know one of the the biggest cult classics in the last twenty five years. Oh yeah. Uh, Sonny uh, knew his father in law and uh, wanted to meet Troy Duffy is his name, and we went over and I was with Troy. Troy was speaking at uh, one of my classes where I was teaching film school out here in Arizona. And uh, my wife and I went with Troy, and uh, we met Sonny and, and his wife, Sarana, and, and developed a relationship and helped, helped work on a couple of projects with them. And then, and then Sonny called on me to do this movie, Dead in Five Heartbeats. So uh, that's how it all began. I've known him for about five years before we did this film. So now how did you cast your lead, Jeff Black? <laughs> well, the whole film, you know, uh, really... Sonny and I sat down and, and said we we wanted to make this authentic. It's independent, uh, you know, to to have a bunch of different actors come in and and play these major roles uh, uh, or play MC, you know, members. We wanted to be more authentic. So so the clubs in the book that were portrayed in the book, real MCs played those roles in the movie mm. out here, and the fictional club, the Infidels. Uh, were play, 90, 90% of them were played by real Hells Angels. Hmm. So the lead actor, Pat Kincaid, I've known Jeff Black for, you know, seven, eight years. We're both from Chicago. He's been riding bikes for over 20 years. And I knew I needed someone to fit into the culture. And, uh, and Jeff had the look. Uh, he had everything it took to, to, to really make this happen and, and fit in with the guys with all the MC members. So that was my big thing, is, is having someone that could fit in. And and I had to work real hard with Jeff. I, I like working with, with guys that, that, you know, can fit the roles rather than trying to get some actor out there, whether he's a B or C actor and and watch a trailer. I knew this was going to be a different ball game. And Sonny and I agreed that we were going to hire guys, and, and, and a lot of the, even some of the main roles, like uh, Ahab, was played by Chico Mora, who's a, who's a Hells Angel member. And so mm. we all worked hard together, you know, and, and, and really rehearsed, you know, a good month and a half before the movie. And we shot in real clubhouses. Uh, so this whole movie uh, really is authentic in every way. And so uh, I want someone to fit that role, and Jeff was that guy. Right, right. And I bet you that Sonny was probably very instrumental in getting you into a lot of those clubhouses. Yes, yes, very instrumental. I mean, uh, you know, I think, you know, Sonny knew that I've had a lot of experience in the independent film world, you know, going mm -hmm. on 20 years now. And um, so for myself to do a film on an independent culture like the MC culture was amazing because, you know, it's so hard in independent film today to get your film out there, to get it distributed, you know, to, to make a living off of making independent films. So right. to actually have an opportunity to make a film uh, about a culture that that stands on their own and, and fights for what they believe in, to me it was it, it was it was it was something that that you know to me it was the greatest experience that I've I've gone through. You know, uh, 
not too many people can say they, they made a film with Sonny Barger and the Hells Angels. Oh, yeah, yeah. Wow, that's that, you're right. No, not many people can make that boast. So now I was going to ask you how many of your actors can really ride, but I think we already destroyed that question. So let me throw a question at you. Can you ride? I can ride now. You know, uh, <laughs> before, <laughs> uh, before the movie started, I mean, I rode dirt bikes and stuff, but uh, I said when I was making this movie, i, I got to learn how to ride. So now, yes, I do ride, uh, but but nothing like the Hell's Angels. I mean, that's we have a scene that uh, that Pat Kincaid rides from Arizona to California, and two prospects from Arizona take him to the border, then then two California prospects take him into California, and we probably that day Jeff Black and the the four characters playing the the prospects were were all Hell's Angels. They probably rode about 380 miles that day. On the mm. Wow! And 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 now that I ride and and seeing how what that takes out of you, especially the bike that Pat is riding, you you don't have a fearing. I mean, it's it's amazing what we did with this film and how we shot it. You know, we had a lot of different bike bricks and we shot it in 24 days. We shot it in the summer, you know, last summer in Arizona. It was hot. You know, the average temperature was like 105. But mm. uh, we all came together and, and made this film happen. And uh, uh, now, you know, we're, we're we're finally getting it out there on DVD. We put it out in the theaters ourselves. And uh, it's every, every part of this film has been 100% independent, from, from making it to selling it. That segues into the CD that you created, How to Make an Independent Film from Front to Back. And you talk in there about the importance of the writer, director, and producer partnership. So... Just uh, for the benefit of my listeners, talk a little bit about that. Yeah, I first first things uh, the first thing that that happens when you when you make a film, an independent film. I mean, the script has to be good, the story has to be good, the main character has to be someone you want to follow. I've always okay. thought that and believed that. I mean, I, I started off as a writer, so I became a director through writing. And mm-hmm. and there's so many kids today coming out of college or or trying to be a filmmaker that. That they could, you know, the, the technology has gone to a different level, and they got the greatest camera, or they're looking for the greatest shot. It doesn't matter if your story doesn't work, you know. Mm-hmm. So it always, it always begins with the script, and and then the characters, the actors who play those parts. Do they fit? You know, um, do they have the right look? So, and then and then the producing team, you know, for an independent film. You know, you're usually shooting your film in 24 days. You've, you've probably got about, you know, 24 days to prep it. For this film, I started writing a script January of 2012, finished mm-hmm. it in March, cast the movie in March and April, shot it in May and June, and then mm. my wife and I, my wife edited it. We were in the editing room all the way till November. And then when we released the film in the theaters starting in January, and here we are now in September releasing the DVD. So, I mean, this is a two-year process. And and you have to be connected with the people you're making it with. And I mean uh-huh. the, the producer relationship with the director. And Sonny, you know, uh-huh. being connected with Sonny, I knew that he had that side of the of the motorcycle culture side, you know, that that was his responsibility, making sure that, okay, we could shoot here, we could go into the clubhouses, that, that everyone understands how we're making this film. And I took care of the film side. And together, you know, we made it work. Now, how much of filmmaking would you say is business, and how much is show? 
<laughs> it's definitely right down the middle, 50-50. Mm-hmm. You, know, um, you have to know what kind of film you're making. If you're doing an independent film, you've got to first have a niche audience. You've got to have an audience or you don't have one. It's too hard today to go out there and think you're going to make a film about, I don't know, just a story that you wrote that, that could be a nice love story, but you have nowhere to sell it. You know, mm. uh, I did a film on my father, Ron Sano, my documentary, This Old Cub, you know, it was about my dad being the first major league baseball player to play with type 1 diabetes. You know, mm-hmm. I had a market there with, with the Cubs and major league baseball. But you still have, you have to make a good movie or else that niche market will be the first ones to turn you down or turn you away. Mm. So it doesn't make you see, even if you have a niche market, it doesn't mean that you're going to succeed. You have to make a good film. But today it's so difficult for, for so many artists in music, film, and comedy that, that you have to go into it understanding the business, that it's going to be a hard sell. And yeah. unless the studio picks up a film today, you're on your own. You know, you've got to find ways to get that film out there, to get it to your audience. You know, and so that's the hardest part of making an independent film, to actually get it out to the public. Yeah, that's the distribution is that's something you talked about in your CD too about the distribution. A lot of filmmakers don't think about that. They really no, don't. They, don't. They, really don't. they have to think about that, and, that, and that's the problem today. Too many people, I just feel, too many people. You know, just you're, you're watching the X Factor, American Idol, and everyone wants to be a rock star tomorrow or a director tomorrow or a comedian tomorrow, and and they're not putting in the work. There's a lot of talented people out there that are putting years and years into the work and have a passion for it. And hopefully it will change. You know, and for me, I was fortunate that I had a chance to make a film that I had a culture that felt the same way I felt about making independent films, that, you know, that I'm going to stand up for what I believe in. And to, to have a film that you're doing about a culture that knows who they are, and and together we're going to go out there and make sure that we get this film out to the public and out to that culture. So that that was a very unique thing, and it doesn't happen often. And hopefully, this film and we we did a documentary. It's a two disc set, but there's a there's a documentary that we have with the, with the DVD that shows how we made this film, and hopefully that could tell how how we how you have to do things today. And and I did it from the film side. But it's the same with music, too, you know, and the same with comedy. And uh, how we put this film out to the theaters, too, we got rejected by all the film festivals, Mm. all the major theaters that we tried to get into, and we got into these independent venues and a lot of more historical societies that, that, you know, didn't, that the studio wouldn't let first-run movies go through. And so they took on our movie. They saw that we had had a following. You know, Sonny has over 74,000 followers on his Facebook page. We have about 25,000 followers now. So they knew that our film would bring this their theater business. And, um, you know, just just doing that on our own and going to these theaters and selling out at most of these theaters that we went to around the country, it, it's pretty amazing. It shows that it can be done if enough of us get together. And I even talked to a lot of these theater owners were saying, you know, you got to get a coalition going. We're an association where you can have, you know, talk to all the different independent theaters around the country where you could have different bands that have, that have been out there that have certain followings that they could do a tour, a circuit through your theaters. Same with comedians. 
different kind of movies that can play for one just weekend, and they'll do well. You know, and that's what we need to do. We need to find, we need to get together. The artists need to get band together with the distributors out there, like theaters, and different ways to get their their work out to people. Yeah, so we're going to change gears a little bit and go back in time and talk about a movie that you directed and wrote uh, called Jake's Corner. Now, how did you wind up casting Danny Trejo? <laughs> um, well, uh, I kind of got lucky. Okay. Um, that was a that was a union film, and I'll never do a union film again. Yeah. Because it was a nice family film that I did. But, again, when it came to distributing the film, we went with one of these distributors that you never see any of your money. So, right. at that time, you know, uh, we put off a, put on an offer to him. He liked the script. And, you know, when you have a union film and you have a little bit more money, you could put offers to different characters or different actors like a Danny Trio. Mm. And I was fortunate to get him. And he was great in my film. Uh-huh. But uh, it's changing today a lot. So uh, to do a union film on an independent level, uh, I would say do not do not do it. You're, you're never going to make a dime. You're going to lose money. Then the unions are going to start coming after you because these distributors go out and they sell their, your film, and they're the ones that should be paying the royalties, but they don't because they don't sign, the, sign over the rights for that. So there's just a big problem in doing that. But, but Danny was someone that liked my script. And we got to his agent, and that's how I got Danny Trio myself. Yeah, it sounds like this dealing with, you know, the union can just be kind of treacherous, you know. It just seems like, uh, yeah, I mean, I was listening to your CD, and you were just talking about that. And also the the distributors, I mean, um, they can really, it's one of those things I think you were saying that, I mean, how do these guys stay in business? I mean, they're supposed to provide a service, but a lot of times they don't. No, they don't, and, and a, a lot of the filmmakers are naive. They want to get their, their movies out there. They want to, you know, before when we had Blockbuster, it was nice. You know, some independent films got to thrive because they would be on the Blockbuster shelf and people would go in there and read the back and, and rent them. But it, it still uh, was hard to make money on your film. Uh, yeah, these these distributors today, what they do is they'll they'll, they'll take a film and, and give them a just a very poultry kind of uh, advance and then go and make as much as they can through streaming and putting their movies through their different distribution portholes, and then, then the day they have all the expenses and you never see a dime except maybe the ten or 20000 they gave you for an advance, and then they move mm. on to the next film, and then the next film. So if, they get, if a distributor gets ten films in one month and they make $100,000 off those films, and that film only makes 10000 you don't survive, but the distributor survives. Huh. And, and huh. none of these filmmakers know that. So I always say... Do not go with any of those distributors unless it's a studio. Because then the studio takes on the assumption rights, which are the rights that will pay the royalties for the unions, for SAG, for DGA. So a, a lot of filmmakers and a lot of artists don't understand that. And today, even in music, you know, I got a lot of musician friends, and, and, and more and more, they're doing everything on their own. You know, they're, they're not having a manager anymore because you can't afford one. You know, yeah. and so you have to do everything on your own. You know, we did all our post-production on our own, my wife and I. We did the sound, we did the foley, you know. Um, so you're taking cost all the way down because you 
for a film like that in five heartbeats, it would usually be a two, three million dollar film. You know, and, and we're doing it for ten percent of that. Right. You know, because we're 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 becoming all the jobs. You know, you mm. got you got to condense the crew. You got to condense the post production. You have to do that, or you will not make any money. And huh. it's tough because that template, that union template, has always been that way in Hollywood. It's been standard. You know, you got a you got a unit production manager who makes sure of the money, who takes care, who hires everyone. Well, when it comes right. to independent film, you should be the one hiring everyone. The producers, the ones that are going out and getting the money. You shouldn't leave it up to someone you hire who hires other people to work for him. Because hmm. then, after your 24-day shoot, they're on to the next job. So the spirit is lost. They're not thinking about, oh, you got to go out and sell your movie and become successful with it. They're looking for their next job. So they may hire someone who they want for their next job, and people become loyal to that UPM or that unit production manager rather than being loyal to the movie. And that's okay. where it's tough for independence, if that makes sense to you. Yeah, yeah, that's it's it's a real it's a real maze out there, and it sounds like the more you can do yourself, I mean, the better off you are. You know, get those costs down, like uh, for editing and all that stuff. So we're gonna go back in time a little further and. Tell me, how did you come to make your first film, Liar's Poker? Uh, that was just, uh, I was living in Hollywood, and, and uh, you know, my script went around to a lot of different places, so there was a little bit of a buzz, and I had a lot of different pitch meetings, and then, and then as Hollywood goes, you know, it never materializes, and so I got some, some people, in, you know, interested in investing in it and, and went out and made the movie. So, you know, I spent a lot of time writing and, 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 and doing a lot of different pitches and going to different studios and, and, and having the experience out there of, of, you know, what it takes to get something done. And, uh, I just kind of got fed up and said, I want to make this movie my own because it's not going to happen through the system. So that's kind of how I got started into the independent route, you know, I was trying to, you know, I had a couple of scripts optioned. I was trying to, you know, sell the script and make it with a studio. But, you know, it was it was kind of the time where it was just about changing. It was hard to do, you know, uh, and, and more so today. You're, you're not seeing many spec scripts sold today in Hollywood. You know, they're doing, they're doing comic books. They're doing stuff that was yeah. done 20 years ago. And so it's hard for someone to come out and write a script and sell it and think they're going to make their movie. So uh, it's, it, it doesn't happen often. I, I really think today uh, the business is in TV. You know, for, yeah. that's where all the talent is. You know, the writers, yeah. the directors. So. Yeah, a lot of your great TV shows now. It's just really great literature. All the, I mean, I could rattle off all the shows on basic cable, but uh, they're, they're really fantastic. Yeah. And, yeah, and the movies are just, uh, like you say, just comic books and a reboot of something that just came out five years ago. It's like, it's just nuts right now. It's just really crazy. Yep. 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 I feel that, you know, you got, you got a lot of the great actors in, you know, going to the TV and, uh, we kind of made our movie kind of like, you know, a TV does it, you know, we shot on the fly, you know, we shot with, you know, multiple cameras, a lot of rigs and, and made it very unique. And I think, you know, in TV too, you know, you got crews that are, are knowing that their security, their job is there for, you know, a whole season. So there's not going to be, uh, you know, a loss in spirit, you know. So that's why it's so difficult today for independence because, 
you know, you're, you're fighting, a, you're fighting a big system, you know. So uh, uh, our film, you know, we really, like I said, very fortunate to to, to do a film uh, about a culture that that has the strength that uh, to. Okay, so uh, Jeff, I'm gonna throw you this question: Have you acted before? <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, <laughs> in life, certain situations, yeah, but no, I, ah. I have no desires to to act. Yeah, I mean, not in an no. extra. <laughs> no, I, I I threw myself in in liar's poker and one one little thing and. No, I really, you know, I'm really about the craft. I've, I've been at this for a long time. Um, you know, I've been writing for over 20 years. And to me, you know, uh, I just feel people have to know who they are. I, I know that I'm a writer. I'm a director. You know, uh, uh-huh. I know what I'm good at. I know what I'm not good at, you know. And right. everyone seems, you know, there's few people that can pull it off. There's Clint Eastwood, you know. You know, so there's certain guys that, you know, I, no, I and I'm on the independent side too, so it's enough of a fight to try and put yourself, you know, in front of the camera. And I, I don't have the face for it anyway. So, so you're not um, going to be uh, Tarantino or uh, Spike Lee or anything. <laughs> well, Tarantino doesn't do it that often. He does the little the little mix parts, which yeah. which are entertaining. But you know, he's not a great actor. You know. Right. He does it because obviously he, he 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 wants to do it, but uh, yeah. And Spike Lee, I think, is a better a better actor. But you know, it's so hard to make a movie today, and and you got to be you got to know what you want, you got to know who you are, and that's the biggest thing in the arts, I think, in music and comedy. You know, I got a lot of friends that have been doing this for a lot of years, and and the good ones, talented ones, they know who they are. You know, they mm. they know what they're about. You know, they're they're not trying to be something they're not. You know, and, right. that, and that's the same thing about this film, you know, uh, the motorcycle clubs. They know who they are, you know, the Hell's Angels. You know, it's it's tough to become a Hell's Angel. You know, you got to be a hang around and you got to be a prospect, and that takes years. And and to become a Hell's Angel, you know, it's not easy. And so, mm-hmm. it's the same way with with to me with becoming a, a, an artist, you know, it's not easy. You know, do you want to be it? How bad do you want to be an artist? How bad do you want to go through? You know, the struggles. So it's, to me, when it comes to art and this movie, particularly this movie, you know, this movie we knew who we were and who we are. And and that's what the movie stands for. Yeah. Okay, so let me ask you a very fundamental question. Why did you become a filmmaker? Uh, I just had a, had a passion for it, you know. Uh I was gonna. And I thought I'd play baseball, but you know I wasn't my father, and uh, it's just something I fell in love with. Uh, I started when I uh, uh, I worked on Eight Men Out. I actually helped John Cusack train for that part. He played Buck Weaver, the third baseman. Oh, so wow. that's where it kind of started. So uh, I got to have a little part where I hit into a double play, and just. But I got to to watch the making of the film. And I got to watch one of the, the, the greatest independent film directors of all time in John Sayles. So that's where it started for me back in the 80s, you know. Mm-hmm. So, and I just, and you know, something that you you just have a passion for and you want to be, you know, and, and take that risk. And then I went out to Hollywood and this is what I'm going to be, this is who I'm going to be, and I'm not going to look back. And it's, it's still a struggle, you know. Making this film was a struggle. Getting this film out there is a struggle. So, you know, um... You have to love it. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. 
for so now, to be an actor, to be a director. What's that? Oh, go ahead and finish your sentence. No, I mean, even acting, too, you know. I mean, it's, you know, the actors in, the, in, in Dead and Five Heartbeats, I have a handful of actors, and all of them are my friends, you know, and, and, and I knew that they could pull off the certain parts because I knew what they went, I knew them as people, and, 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 and they fit the characters. So I, I, I think, you know, a lot of, of just to me, you know, art is, is knowing yourself and, and getting to that higher awareness and, and, and staying with it, you know, and, and do you want to be that certain person? You know, a lot of people get it young. We're, we're seeing a lot of these shows on TV where, you know, they're becoming over, overnight successes, but you don't know what's going to happen down the road, you know. I just hope we get back to where, you know, the independent, the, the band, the, the Led Zeppelin band out there that's not getting any props are going to make it, you know, are going to be seen. You know, that's kind of what's lost today is that, is that independent, you know, uh, soul or spirit. So, you know, I hope we get that back. Yeah. Now, it sounds like you, you know a lot of your actors, and, and I don't know what your your audition process is, but let me ask you, what's some advice you would give to to actors who want to get into independent film? Or get into film, or even go to Hollywood, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I think an actor has to, you know, they can't think about independent film because there's no money in it. So um, they got to think about about okay, do they do they want to go the distance? That's the first thought. You know, okay. do you want to go to L.A.? Do you want to go to New York? You have to do that if you're an actor, if you're serious about it. And then you got to you got to you got to say, okay, this is who I am. You know, when I go into an audition, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take this character a certain way. You have gotta be decisive. You know, uh, to me, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna look at someone and say, oh man, they, they, they just did that a different way that I didn't see it, and I like it. You know, so right. you gotta be unique. You gotta find something that's unique inside of you, and, and take that and, and 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 don't go away from it. And to me, it gets back to knowing who you are. And so, as an actor, you gotta go in there because an audition. You may you may you may suck in an audition, but at the end of the day, that director or that producer that's watching likes your look or likes something about you that you right. may not even know. You know, and mm. and so I always say just stay stay with who you are, and 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 when you make the decision, just go with it, because if it's not the right thing, at least you at least you went with what what you wanted to do. So that's how I feel about about actors, and I love actors. I think you know. Uh, especially on the independent level, the actors make the movie. If you don't have the right mm-hmm. person in the right part, you know, you're screwed. So it gets back to that story. If that character doesn't fit that story, that character doesn't, that actor doesn't fit that character, you don't have anything. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I, I and uh, I really like what you said because, I mean, I've heard it so many times that uh, as, as an actor, you, you, know, you really have to make a strong choice. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Mm-hmm. Yep, you do. You sure do. Okay, so I want to talk about your documentary you made about your father, This Old Cub. So mm-hmm. how did that come about? <laughs> well, that that was uh, my dad. Uh, as, as you know, uh, he played he played major league baseball with diabetes. Uh, you know, he got diabetes at eighteen, and later in his life, it just caught up to him and. 
Uh, he started off with a little a little sore on Obama's foot that that turned where they tried to save the foot and all these operations went to he had to, they had to take his leg. Mm. And when they took his leg, he he went he was announcing for the Cubs. He he did a whole season with his one prosthetic leg, and then a year later, same time, he had a sore on the other foot, and he got it actually when he was in surgery and laying in bed recovering from the first amputation. And I remember him talking about it, and they said, you know, listen, we could try and do all these operations to save your other leg. Uh, he might be held up for three months here. And he's like, I'm not going to lay on my back. What if you take that leg? You know, can I be walking by spring training and announcing a Cub game if you take mm. this other leg? Can, can I do that? And they said, yeah, you could. He said, well, then take the leg. So right there I knew there was a story. You know, and I was just witnessing it, you know, yeah. my dad. and. And and just everything he went through and and what he accomplished as a ball player and 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 playing with the disease. I mean, I saw the disease, you know, up front. As a kid, I didn't know much about it. I just saw my father take a shot in the morning. You know, back then they just took one shot, and I yeah. go to the ballpark with him and 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 he play the game and and just go by how he felt. You know, if 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 his sugars got low, he had a candy bar in the dugout. You know, and and. You know, I didn't really know much about it. I just knew my dad survived. He took a shot in the morning. But but then I knew up front, like, wow, what he did accomplish and what yeah. this disease can do to people. And and to, to become a Hall of Famer eventually with that disease is amazing. So it was actually my mother that said, you know, this this would be a great story. And I, and I, and I went to the hospital the next day and I said, Dad, I'd love to tell your story. You know, I'd love to do a documentary. And at first he was very, very apprehensive, and uh, I said, I think, Dad, that this could uh, reach a lot of diabetics out there, a lot of people with disabilities. And once he knew that, once he knew there was a purpose for what we were going to do, uh, he said, all right, I'll give you two weeks, but if I don't like where we're going, we're going we're gonna to shut it down. Uh-huh. Thank God he didn't shut it down. It turned out to be a, a very inspirational story, and, uh, you know, uh, I'm very – proud of that film and was able to well, yeah absolutely spend a lot of absolutely. time with my father so that was cool yeah that's that's a great story yeah and I understand you have a, a, a diabetes walk coming up too yeah my dad's got a walk uh, it's, it's going to be the 35th year this year in Chicago and the walk raises over 5 million a year uh, and he's in his lifetime he raised over 60 million dollars for diabetes so he was a very he was a champion for the for the for the charity and for the disease and uh he has a statue outside Ripley field and that's one of the things it says on it that how much money he did raise for the foundation so uh i'm heading to chicago to to in his honor to represent him uh with my family so yeah that's fantastic man that that's really great that's that's really great so we want to talk now about there's another documentary you made uh, it's about uh, a lot of people pursuing their dreams called Off the Boulevard. How did that come about? Mm -hmm. Off the Boulevard came out of frustration. Mm. Uh, a lot of anger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think uh, as an artist, you, you, you carry a lot of it around. I mean, that's what, that's what drives you. And I, I right. say, to me, it motivates me. Sometimes it gets a little out of control, but yeah. But just frustrated with my movie Jake's Corner that it didn't get out to where I thought it should have gone out. 
and just to the right. whole system in general. So I wanted to to make a documentary about, you know, following a few of my friends that were going through the same struggles, that, that have put the time in, that have had the experience, that are very talented. And, mm-hmm. and I wanted to tell that story of just us, you know, our friendships, you know, and how they developed. And, you know, all those guys in Off the Boulevard are in Dead and Five Heartbeats, you know. Hmm. So okay. it, whether it's their music, you know, uh, their, their acting, they're all, they're all involved in it. You know, okay. so, you know, I believe in, in artists, you know, banding together. And uh, uh, that's what that's how that came about. And, uh, you know, to me, uh, I hope that gets out there more because, uh, you know, really the younger the younger ones need to see what's going on because they're the ones that are going to change something because there needs to be a change. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Okay, so we're coming up uh, near the end of the show here. So uh, what's some venues we can see dead in five heartbeats? Well, it already it already uh, did its U.S. tour. You know, we were in 14 cities. They can order it on uh, deadin5heartbeats.com. And uh, it's a it's a two-disc set. It's beautiful. It's got 16 pages of pictures and how we made it. And it's got a documentary of how we made it, which is very unique. So they can get it at deadin5heartbeats.com and, uh, you know, go straight to our website. You're supporting the independent arts. You're supporting an independent film, and uh, that's worthy of uh, you have it. So that's how I feel. That's where they can get it. So you can't see it in the theater anymore. Maybe, you know, we'll we'll come back out in the theater someday with it. We also shot in 3D, which people don't know, but it's uh, it's just too expensive to, to put it out in 3D right now, but maybe – you know, as this starts to grow, that we'll 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 put it out in 3D. You know, a year from now, just do like a, a one night showing, and you know, in in certain cities. You know, so. Yeah, you know, man, it would be great if we have a like a five, Dead and Five Heartbeats TV show. That I would watch it. That that would be great. <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be cool. Uh, you know, there's there's nothing Hollywood about this uh, about this film in the MC world, and and that's coming from from the guys that. That were the patches, and that's that's, uh-huh. a, that's a big honor to hear that, you know, because um, yeah. they're the ones that, you know, as a director, you know, uh, I grew up in a baseball clubhouse, you know, I didn't, and, it, and so I think that really helped me going into doing this movie because it's a different clubhouse, but the guys are the, are the, are alike, you know, they're at the top of their game, and and to me, I didn't know much about the culture, so I was very open minded to to let these guys, you know tell the story, you know, and make right. sure that it didn't get off course. And so, you know, you got to be very open-minded too as an independent director and, and, and know what you're doing and, and, and where you're going to take the story. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. What's your next film? I don't, you know, you don't, you don't really think about the next film. The next, the next film is selling this film and keep getting it out there to more people. So, you know, uh, hopefully we could do the sequel. You know, Sonny has a, a, a second book called Six Chambers, One Bullet, and uh, I hope, hopefully, that will be the next film. But right now, we're just we're just very busy and making sure that we get this film out there uh, far and wide. You know, we put a lot of work into it and uh, a lot of time, and uh, and, and it uh, it's something that uh, is very unique. And so that's that's our goal right now. That's my goal. So I'm not even thinking about the next film, but. If if you're asking, you know, I'm I'm saying hopefully it will be uh, six chambers, one bullet. 
Okay. Okay. So, uh, how can fans keep up with you? They can go to our Dead and Five Heartbeats Facebook page, go and like that. Please do that. It helps spread the word. Uh, buy the DVD. Watch, you know, watch the film. You know, uh, talk about it. That's the biggest support is buy the DVD. You know, buy what we did here. You know, this is one hundred percent independent. Uh, support it, and then talk about it and spread the word. You know, it's all word of mouth when it comes to to films like uh, Dead and Five Heartbeats. And and you know, we didn't have much you know support in the in the mainstream media just because they they have certain views on, on the culture, which is wrong. Mm. You know, there there's there's so much out there that people don't understand that. Even with reviewers, I mean, they're even part of this this system that's so, to me, corrupt. You know, you know, everyone's looking at Rotten Tomatoes about you know what's the movie and who got the most you know tomato you know ripe tomatoes that aren't rotten. The whole thing's right. rotten to me. You know, it should be <laughs> the fans should be should be should be commenting. You know, not these reviewers anymore. There's too many of them, and it's gotten out of control. There used to be a certain amount that people would listen to and. And they would go and find certain movies, but now it's become about about them, and it's wrong. So just so to me, it's it's about it's about the the, the audience. And uh, if you like it, you know, talk about it, especially if it's independent. You got to support the independents, man. That's what this country is founded on. So that's right. That's right. Well. Jeff, it was a pleasure, sir, to talk to you. I, I look forward to having you on again. You've been a fantastic guest. Thanks, William. Appreciate appreciate you having me. Oh, you're welcome, man. You're welcome. So you have a great night, man. You too. Take care. Okay. All right. Bye-bye. And let me leave you with this quote from Oprah Winfrey. The biggest adventure you can ever take is to live the life of your dreams. Good night.